And we are live for the 31st episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, Luz, Luigi, and tonight I'm with Alex. What's going with, on, everyone? Oh. I'm with Andrew. And I'm with uh... Damn, you guys are slow. We're worse than the Yankees. You guys are slow as shit with these intros tonight. We're just imitating Greg Bird, okay? Yeah, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. Well, you know, we're here. The Yankees just got swept by the Astros. It's We're recording this on Thursday night. So we've had a little time to heal, but it still sucks. Um, you know, we won't spend that much time recapping the series, recapping the games, because they're painful. But we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the team. We're going to talk about... Boone's comments after the game, the bullpen not coming through. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. So, uh, guys, how are we all doing mentally? Uh, second that. <laughs> that's the state of the pod. That's the state of the Yankees. That's the state of everything right now. And so let's that is get, our show. That, that's yeah. just, I literally should just release this right now. There's yeah. nothing else that needs to be said. But uh, let's just get into the games. Um, so the series started Monday night, right? Big, big ace versus ace, Massa versus Verlander. Um, and Massa won the battle. He pitched great. Six innings, three hits, one run. Uh, the one run just being a home run that went about a million feet by Jose Altuve. Um, yeah, the Yankees, you know, they they hit very well off Verlander. They did what they needed to do, right? Six, he, I think he threw like 115 pitches over six innings. They did a very good job against him. You know, handed it to the bullpen, up two, going to the seventh. Things were looking good. And, you know, it would just be the beginning of the struggles for the Yanks. Zach Britton walks the eight-hitter on four pitches, gives up the double to the nine-hitter, tie game. Adovino comes in the eighth. You know, hit, walk, infield hit. They had a run. Yankees lose 4-3. You know, this was a game that, like, individually there was a lot of positives. But, obviously, you know, how the next two games followed, you couldn't take it as a positive. But. I mean, I thought they did very well against. That was like the that was the best they looked against Verlander since he's been on the Astros. That was a big positive. You know, Judge went deep, um, Voight went deep, I believe. Yeah, uh, it was a good game. Clint, you know, kept swinging the bat well. I mean, they played really well, and man, just like I said, the beginning of the struggles for the bullpen. Um, did any of you guys have a problem with Boone going with Britain there? I, I didn't. I had no problem with that at all. Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of did in the moment. Um, we, we were talking about it in, in our group chat only because I feel like Tanaka had earned his way to pitch the seventh inning. But I mean, you got to look at it a bigger picture. You have your three bullpen monsters ready to go, all well rested. Like, I mean, how often are they not going to get the job done? So, I mean, mm-hmm. in any scenario, like in a playoff game, if he did that, I mean, yeah, I mean, we give Aaron Boone a lot of crap, like, for his bullpen management. I think, I mean, I don't have a problem with him going with Britain against, like, someone else in the bullpen. My The thing that I was annoyed about is that, like, maybe he could have left or went batter to batter with uh, Tanaka. But, like, you bring in a reliever who is, suppo- like, you know, supposedly the caliber of Zach Britton, and he couldn't work around, like, the bottom part of the order. So that's the only thing I'm really aggravated about. Yeah, um, I honestly, like, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, I didn't really have a problem with Boone's managing at all this series. I thought, you know, I'm not going to say he was, like, terrific managing, but, you know, he, I thought he made a lot of the right moves. Just his his guys didn't perform, you know. His bullpen didn't do their job. Not his fault. Can't blame Boone. I saw a lot of people wanting to blame Boone, like, you know. And like I said, like, I'm not a big Boone guy. I, I don't like him as a manager, but I'm not, like, it, there's just this common theme now when every every time the Yankees lose, every time a player messes up, it's Boone's fault. Like, you know, it's trust me, when it's Boone's fault, I think we all know when it's Boone's fault. But in this series, it, it wasn't on Boone. So with that, not, no reason to uh, dwell on game one. Let's go to uh, game two. Um, exactly. It was Garrett. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, very, very similar game. The first two games were legit almost carbon copies of each other. Um Pitching matchup in this one was Garrett Cole, Johnny Lasagna. Um, Johnny Lasagna, you know, really tough spot for the kid um, having to face this Houston lineup. Uh, only went three innings, two gave up two runs, but he was getting like he was getting hit really hard. A lot of hard hit outs. Um, it was the right move by Boone to get him out of there. Um, yeah, it's just Garrett Cole through seven innings. I mean, 
obviously that's a guy who was probably the best, one of the best pitchers in baseball the first half of last year. So that's not a big surprise, but I mean, even then, you know, Voight, this, I, I think I said Voight Homer and I believe Voight Homer, this, uh, this game against Cole to start off the game, the first, um, you know, Sanchez two run double to give the Yanks the lead in the sixth, you know, think once again, going into the seventh, the Yanks were up right. Three, two game. Things are looking good. And, you know, just the bullpen problems. And, you know, this this was a game that we'll get into this more later because I really want to dive deep, dive deep into this. But this was a game that was almost tough because, you know, Holder and Green were kind of the two, uh, two victims here. But both of them really got just hosed by their left fielder that night, Clint Frazier. Two balls he should have caught for each of them, didn't catch either of them. And really just fester. And that's not to take away all the blame from Holder and Green. You know, they were like, especially Green, they were both really bad. But I mean, if you have a major league outfielder out in left field this series, I, I think the series looks a lot different. And you usually don't say that a lot. But man, I mean, the Clint was just really bad in the outfield the series. But yeah, I, like, what do you guys have to say about like these first two games? Because they really were just carbon copies of each other. I'll start with you, Alex. Yeah, I agree with what you said on saying that, like, um, this is a completely different series that the Yankees outfield defense is different because, like, Judge was fine in right field, but Clinton just had a miserable series. Gardner misplayed some balls. There was um, – mm-hmm. we'll get into the but the triple – Gurriel's triple in game three. So, overall, just – the 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 team's entire defense really it's especially in game two like um the one moment i thought was just really really odd was when uh glaber and uh uh, johnny lasagna were both trying to cover third Mm -hmm. um on brantley's brantley had a single and i think it was bregman went to third because he was on first and both glaber and uh, Loizaga tried to cover third and just didn't uh, communicate. And Loizaga was there, like with plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, and Glaber just kind of ran out in front of him. It was just—it was a really weird-looking play, and just it's like stuff like that that a team that's a team that's being successful and like things are going well for it. You don't see anything like that. That's just sloppy playing overall. So, yeah, the the defense was definitely a really big factor in this series. Uh, for me, it's, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes along with that. It's just the general malaise of the team. And I, I know we kind of just said, oh, you know, Boone didn't do anything wrong uh, from like a decision standpoint. But, I mean, that stems from the manager. Um, the fact that the team kind of just shows up. It doesn't seem like they're their heads in the games on a night-to-night basis. Like a, like a well-disciplined, well-coached team doesn't make these type of mistakes. It's not that they don't have the talent. It, it's just more than anything, it's coaching i think um and one other thing i did want to know is it, it, it kind of resurfaced issues we had last year um particularly early in the year with Dylan Batances. but i noticed that a lot of times relievers had to close out one inning and came back the next inning that's when they had problems like green struggled in the second game after he got the last time in the seventh blew up in the eighth same thing out had to bail out um had to bail out britain in the seventh inning of the first game gave up the run in the eighth um now, I don't, I don't know how much of a consistent thing that's going to be over the course of the year, but that definitely caught my eye. Um, I think I think there's definitely something to the, you know, I guess the attitude, you know, the, the, the mood and all that sort of stuff that the manager sets because, I mean, I was talking about it with a friend of mine, like Brett Gardner at one point um, – in the second game, you know, I think it was he laid down a bunt and he kind of didn't really run it out. Like they had a chance, you know, it was a play that the Astros didn't make and Gardner wasn't really running it out. So, like, there was an opportunity there. Like, you know, if you make an error in the field, it's one thing, but like not hustling, you know, not running out balls, like, is something that we've gotten on Gary for. We, you know, crucified Robinson kind of over the years. Like, we just, that's something that we always get on players about. And like, Gardner was right back in the lineup, like the next day, batting leadoff. Like, so well, the, the like, Gardner play was, was a little different than like Cano not running out of ground ball because Gardner thought that ball was actually was just foul. 
Like it there's was, still there's still mm-hmm. no excuse for him not. Yeah, working it, was, out. it was still really bad, but it was still really bad. Yeah. But it's not like it was an actual. It's not like it was a legitimate sacrifice bunt, and he just didn't run at all. Well, no, I just don't think stuff like that it presents an opportunity. Like, you know, Aaron Boone is just just like, you know, easygoing whatever guy. But like, if your team's making sloppy plays in the field, like, you know, Gardner hit the leadoff home run in Game Three, we got all excited, and he comes back like the next inning or a couple of innings later, and misplays the ball, and they score and like tie the game. So, it's it's stuff like that that makes me more aggravated than anything. Like, I feel like. Altuve in this series was the only Astro that I felt was like legitimately beating them. And everything else was just like, they kind of just like, you know, were just, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of foots being shot. Um, yeah, the guardy play was like, that was bad. Cause that was, I mean, it was first and second, nobody out. Yeah. Judge on deck. I mean, even, even if you get the bunt down and they get the force out at second, you still have runners on the corner with one out with Judge up. I, I mean that uh, that was just. I mean, I, it's almost like like this team. It just <laughs> when they. I mean, I know they've been hitting bet. Like here's here's a positive from this series. They, they actually hit like pretty well with runners in scoring position. I know they didn't come through every time, but there was a lot of clutch hits in the series, and a lot of them happened when we were down, but. I mean, it's it's still nice to see that they're kind of getting out of that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that Gardner play was just a shot to the heart. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he had, like, he and he had a bad weekend in the field, too. So, man, uh, yeah. Anything else we want to talk about from the second game? I think we, can, we should try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's forget both these games. Um, game three. Not an everyday center fielder anymore. Game three. Uh looking to avoid the sweep, you know, here, here we go. It was off to a good start. Guardy led off with a home run. Look at that off McHugh. And then James Paxton got on the mound and decided to get absolutely ripped. Um, listen to this. The Astros fouled off 26 pitches against Paxton. Like that's absurd. I think about 12 of those came with two strikes. Um, he was really bad. Altuve hit two more homers in this game. Yankees were down 7-2. Um, they came back late. Voigt hit a two-run shot. DJ hit a double. Quint sack fly to make it 7-6. Gary gets up with a runner on third. Pinch hitting for Tyler Wade, and he strikes out. And the Yankees lose 8-6. to six. Paxton went four innings. We have five runs. And they got swept in Houston. And that was the show. We'll see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was just, look, it was just a real, like, but after the first two games, you just you felt like you played so well, and then that third game, it just kind of all fell apart. And it still turned out to be a close game, but you know you're not going to win a whole lot of games against Houston, being down seven to two. So, yeah, I mean, just like let's just talk about this. Like, look, okay, I'm just going to ask this to you guys. On a scale of one, we'll start with Alex. On a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about this team right now? Okay, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give him a five because I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about the offense at all because like what we've seen from people like judge and Glaber and Sanchez and LeMayu, that's been really promising. Um, Voight's been off and on, but the only things that are really um, concerning me is the pitching. And the fact that Severino is going to be out indefinitely now, that's a really big question mark. So um, the pitching right now, the only starters that have been good have been Tanaka and Herman for the most part. Like Paxton had a pretty good first start against the Orioles, and then his second and third starts were not great. And Loisga has already been sent down in AAA, so it's just – and the bullpen has really not lived up to its expectations at all. So I'm not, I'm not like over the top worried. It's just kind of like uncomfortable with the way thing, the way the pitching has looked so far. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I'll say six, but um, only that's just because you don't know what you're going to get from the bullpen. I mean, you think you know, but uh, as we've seen through the first two weeks, um, I mean, these guys are struggling more than any of us could could have possibly predicted um the injuries continue to pile up 
Um, I, I know there, there's some concern about Gary Sanchez right now. Um, hopefully he's going to be okay, but uh, there was that. <laughs> uh, we, we did see right before we went live that um, Higashioka got pulled from the AAA game, so either he's hurt or he's being called up to replace Gary. Um, if he goes down, I mean, that, that's a huge hit um, to an already depleted lineup. For me, uh, I, you know, to second what Alex said, it, it's, the pitching is a, is a big concern. Um, maybe I'm just a little too optimistic in CC. I think he's, I mean, he's going to start on Saturday. I think he'll be fine. But, I mean, if we continue to lose bats, I mean, there's only so much this offense can do. Uh, I mean, I would say, like, you know, five or six is probably a fair number for now. Like, if Gary turns up on the IL tomorrow, then I'd probably jack that up to, like, a seven or an eight. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's more pitching-related for me. That's my concern because I think long-term, you know, you're going to get Hicks and you're going to get Stan and you're going to get Didi and the offense is probably going to be really great. But, like, I mean, without Severino now for God knows how long, at least probably the next, like, few months, you know. I mean, Paxson, we thought he was going to be really good, and he still probably could be really good, but he needs to start pitching better, like, because there's not that much more top-end talent in the rotation. Like, Tanaka's pitching about as good as we could have asked him to. Other than that, you need someone like Herman's a pleasant surprise, but we're pretty much banking on that being like house money at this point, right? Like how long is it going to actually go on? Like, yeah. Herman's a ticking time bomb. Like I hate saying that, but like, you, you know, you know, he's not going to be doing this every start. Well, and the thing is with him too, he's picked the two, two starts have been against the Tigers and the Orioles. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's going against the White Sox Sunday who are another, you know, just solid team. So, yeah, we'll see. I would put it at I would put it at a four, and it really is because of the injuries. And like, look, there's there's no guarantee that the Yankees are just going to be a healthy team come you know June, July, those dog days of summer. But like, I really my whole my whole thing with this team has been this: like, let's just get through April at or around five hundred, right? If this t- 14, 15, and fourteen, anywhere because look, th- it's going to be tough. Like, no other. T- I don't think a lot of other teams could sustain what the Yankees are going through right now. I mean, just look at that Astros lineup. I mean, take Bregman, Correa, um, Springer, and Gurriel out of that lineup. Is that a lineup you're scared of? I mean, yeah, they still have Altu. Like, they still have a few good hitters, but they're probably going to have a lot of guys, a few guys that you haven't heard of before that have just been in the minor leagues for the last five years that are most likely easy outs. I mean, like, look, like every game with this Yankee team, like we have guys like Tyler Wade and Mike Talkman in the in the lineup. Like those guys, MLB standards suck. I mean, let, let's just be real. Tyler Wade is like just awful. I don't even like. I hate having to keep talking about Tyler Wade, but I mean, I just want like I just want to say this about it. The guy was just so at like he was so angry when he got left off the roster. It's like, dude, this is why he got left off the roster because you can't hit because you're not a good MLB hitter. Like, you stop feeling bad. Paul O'Neill made a comment about it on the telecast yesterday. He was like, you know, I mean, I think just one of the random bats that he came up throughout the game, and he's like, every year it seemed like, you know, 300, 310, like 315 in spring training, and mm-hmm. it doesn't translate. Like, it's it's noticeable. And, I mean, I, I applaud the guy for having confidence in himself, but when you seem so defiant like that and then you come up and you just continue to not do anything, like, it's just you're making ass out of yourself. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he really like Wade really just does look like those classic four A players, right? It's like he's going to be a monster if he goes to Triple A. He's going to be a monster mashing, but then he goes to the MLB and he he just can't hit, and it's really, it's tough to find an in between. But yeah, I mean, talk about the like the dog days of summer, but I'd be absolutely stunned to see the injuries get any worse than they are right now. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Really, I just want to see, like, I just keep telling myself, let's see this team healthy. Let's get Hicks. Like, Hick, the two guys for me that are just major for us getting back in line are Hicks and Stanton. Because I think we know that DD and, like, look, we I think we kind of at this point are just all, like, assuming, all just having our minds. Like, Andujar's probably out for the year. Like, they're probably going to elect to do the surgery. He's probably out for the year. Like, we're just assuming that for now. You know, and DD, we're probably assuming DD's out to, till July. But Stanton and Hicks, they could be back end of April or early May. 
And I know that seems like so far away by now. And I know that seems like we'll be five and 30 by that point. But <laughs> I mean, when we get, I think when we get those two guys back, this lineup's going to open up a lot more because like even a guy like Luke Voigt, you know, I know Luke Voigt, like a lot of people are starting to say, oh, well, you know, Luke Voigt, this guy's not good. Like, you know, look, he's not like a, a superstar. He's not a guy that's going to hit 340 home runs and 120 RBIs for every year. But if that guy's your six or seven hitter and he's popping out 25, 30 homers a year, like that guy's a, a nasty hitter to have as a seven hitter. But, you know, as a cleanup hitter, he, he's not that intimidating, right? He's almost like a lead, maybe league average, slightly below league average cleanup hitter. So, while we're uh, man, on the, topic I, of the injuries, um, since we talked about Hicks and Stanton specifically, Hicks has been throwing and running and doing soft toss, and John Carl Stanton just started swinging a bat. So, <laughs> I, I, love, I love how they give these updates. Like John Carlos Stanton has swung a bat. He held. Like a he bat is swinging a bat. Oh, he he just put on batting gloves. Like okay, now he's swinging a bat with batting gloves. Oh man, but you know. Got to get those two guys back. Um, Sevy, even obviously the Sevy setback. It looks like he's going to be out till July, if that. Right, um, man. Just really, it's like especially you know we literally just found out about and look the the whole Higashioka getting taken out of the game. Very easily could just be Higashioka's hurt, right, or he's sick or something, family emergency, whatever. It could easily be that, but with the way the season's gone, like right away we're like, oh man, Gary, IL out for two months like it's another one bites the dust that's just the only thing you can think actually, of do you ever actually explain the tweet like other than oh it was just said that um Higashioka was just taken out of the game and replaced with a guy that i forget his name right now but ryan yeah. Runway. yeah oh man but uh yeah oh guys so what like if you look like i know this team's banged up as hell but we've we've been talking about the lineup and like look i don't think the lineup is like that big of an issue in terms of this team like like it matters but i don't like i don't think it's near the top of concerns but andrew you're talking about before if you how you would switch up the lineup uh you want to explain that again yeah i mean you kind of touched upon it um just a minute ago that i mean luke Voigt is he you know, well-positioned to be a cleanup hitter? No, by no means. And, and I think it's starting to show. And you said, is he, you know, when we get healthy, he'd be a good six or seven hitter. But, I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm not saying bench him. By no means. <laughs> He's far and away a better option than Greg Bird. But I think the the Luke Voigt, that third or fourth experiment, it's, it's time for a change. Again, I mean, they're going to be facing a, a not-so-great White Sox team coming up. I mean, why not play around with – I mean, if Boone's tied to keeping Gardner leadoff, I mean, God bless him. Fine, keep him there. DJ Lang was hitting over 400. Put him at second. Bump Judge down to third. That way you got more people on base for your best hitter. If Gary's healthy, he's hitting fourth. Glaber fifth. Voight sixth. I know that's a big job for Voight, and hopefully, you know, it doesn't like ruffle feathers, but I'd love to see a lineup constructed that way. Um, it, it kind of... I think just the string end to end provides better protection for um, for for the guys there, and you know, with Voight at a at a lower spot in the lineup, maybe he can start, you know, getting back into the rhythm he was last year. I'm going to add on to what Andrew said and probably make a lot of people angry here, but one thing nice. that I saw yesterday is that um, Voight has had he has four home runs this year, but he's been having really really bad at bats and one and Greg Bird has actually been having pretty good ones especially yesterday where Bird Bird he has, he has had some really good at bats like 10 he was down yeah. he was down 02 and ended up working like an uh, 8 or 9 pitch walk where in the ninth inning or it was either 8th or ninth inning yesterday Voigt had a 3 pitch strikeout like these those are the types that were Birds was I think in the Seventh or yeah, seventh or eighth inning when the Yankees scored um, the four runs to make it seven six, and it's like those are the types of situations you need to work good at bats and you need to make the pitchers throw pitches so that if they make a mistake and can capitalize in, on it. Where Voight kind of it just seems like he's seeing a pitch, he swings at it no matter what. He doesn't just take a few pitches, foul like foul off a tough one. He swings 
to hit the ball every single time he's at. Like, every single strike he sees, he swings to hit it and doesn't lead to good at bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... So, which is crazy. He walked twice on opening day, and he really yeah. hasn't done anything since. Exactly. He's yeah. like he's had his home runs. He's had a couple other hits. He had the big hit against Verlander on Monday. But it just it doesn't seem like... It seems like Voight... Every time Voight goes up, he's gone in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, yeah. You going, Alex? Yeah, we're... Bird, like, for better or for worse, every time he's up, it seems like he's up there for a while. Where it might end with him, end his at bat might end in a strikeout, but he, at least recently, will put up a good at bat. Yeah, I think uh, like there was a tweet on Yankee Twitter. I think it was John Boy who tweeted something, like something very similar to what you just said. Is how he goes, you know, like Voight, you know, he's had a few homers. He's you know, he's overall he's been decent, but he goes like, I'm just not excited for his at bats. Like, I'm just, like, very kind of, like, disgusted with it. He's, like, he's not having good at-bats. And it's just, like, what you exactly said. Like, yeah, even though he's hitting, you know, a few home runs here and there, like, man, when he gets out, it's just it's a bad at-bat. It's, like, less than four pitches, just not moving the runner, just not even not really having a plan up there. Just, yeah, he he's definitely looked a bit uh, suspicious at the plate. Um, <clears throat> you know who's looked suspicious, though? And that's Clint Frazier in the outfield. Um, we were talking about before the show, and I mean, my God, I, I, I think he's like the worst MLB outfielder I've ever seen. I mean, he, he is just so bad. And I know like that's look when if you followed him as a prospect, that was one of his negatives as a prospect was he was like a really bad outfielder. And there was about five balls hit to him in left field this week that he should have caught. He didn't catch any of them. Just and like I said, when we were going over the uh, game two recap. He really, he really kind of screwed over Holder and Green there. I and mean, if he catches the one, uh, the one off of Green, I mean, there's two outs, nobody on the inning. Green probably gets out of that inning. And like they showed Green's face when that ball dropped in front of Clint, and he, you could tell Green just kind of like rolled his eyes and said, like, you know, that's a routine fly ball. You got to catch that. I think I forget which one exactly it was because there's so many bad ones, but the one that was really bad, I think it was in the second game, had a 95% catch rate according to Statcast. I mean. So basically, it's like, hey, this is a routine fly ball. That you mean the one that hit off his glove? <laughs> yeah, um, that was probably the one. And the the fact that he just slammed his like his fist down in frustration, like during the play as the runners going second, like that really just set me off. I was like, all right, dude. And then he just throws the ball into like the fucking net. I mean, just just terrible. I mean, just absolutely awful. I, I mean, people want this. Like, look. I'm not the biggest Brett Gardner fan at all, like, but people want this dude to take over for Brett Gardner. And I know Brett Gardner had a bad week in the outfield, but my God, Brett Gardner is 10 times the defensive outfielder Clint Frazier could ever dream to be at this point. I mean, like, it's not even about, like, you know, throw-ins and, like, having a strong arm. Like, he, the dude can't even make routine outfield plays. I mean, and at a certain point, like, in the third game of the series, he had a kind of, like, you know, a few shallow balls to him left. It's like he didn't even go for him. It's like he was scared to go for him. And like, oh man, like, and then his post game interview, they were asking about it. It was like he had no idea what Meredith was talking about. He's like, oh, oh people are mad at that. Like, shit. Like, well, just, I mean, it's a shame because he's been absolutely raking at the plate. He's, he's a phenomenal hitter, but man, he, he's, he's, I think he might be more of a liability in the field than Andujar. And no, that's probably not true because Andujar is at 30, gets more balls hit to him. But man, I mean, th- what did you guys think of Clint in the outfield this week other than wanting to smash your head against the wall? He just he tries to showboat things too much, I think. He just he wants to make he wants to be the guy that makes the game saving play instead of just making the boring catch. You know, he wants the spotlight of being the one to make the diving catch that saves a run or something like that. And he just instead of, you know, just catching the ball. I what think concept. concept. Part of that maybe is just like, you know, he's you know, he's finally got the opportunity. Like he missed all last year. Like, you know, he's finally here with all the injuries. Like but I mean, if that's if that's the reason that he's pressing, it's not like a great one. But I mean it's I just think I mean it, the thing that's concerning long term is like I mean, he'd have to just keep raking. Like, he'd have to keep hitting like he is right now like he'd have to hit at a, like an absurd clip like Andrew Hart did to make it worth it to make the trade off worth it like 
I think I mean, eventually you're going to have like a better fielder next to him in Hicks, which maybe will help, like you know, steady him in a way. But like, if you can't make routine plays, like 95% catch rate plays, like that's definitely something that'll make you pause. Uh, I don't think Hicks playing next to him makes a damn bit of difference, to be honest. I mean, Gardner's a, a pretty stout defender himself in center. Um, he's just not making the plays. I think mm-hmm. best case scenario for the Yankees is Hicks just gets healthy and then they start Frazier so he can hit and then Gardner's a late-ending defensive replacement. And then plays like like we saw this week where Clint's blowing plays in the 7th, 8th, ninth inning. I mean, you have Gardner out there to clean it up. I think that's the best-case scenario. Or you could just start Gardner and have and DH Clint. I mean, if we need a DH. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm saying I say Hicks comes back for comes back first. You start, but Hicks comes back before Stanton. You start Hicks and Gardner, and then have Clint DH. Yeah. Or have Tyler Wade DH. Yep, that, that, that that's the that's, one time. That's the championship <laughs> plan right there. <laughs> I mean, it might come to that in a couple weeks, uh, like after. After like everyone else gets hurt, we might have a team of like Tyler Wade, Tyler Wade, and Mike Talking might be the first two hitters in the lineup by like Matt. And what's a shame about Tyler Wade is that he is an outstanding infielder. I, yeah. I forget whether it was yeah. in one of the early games of the Houston series or it was. Um, it was in. It was in, made, uh, it was in Baltimore. Was it Baltimore? Yeah. It was. He made that play up the middle, like he dove all out and then got to his feet in a split second and fired the throw on the line. Like that was an incredible play. Yeah, he just can't hit. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny, Andrew, because like I, there was I used to go to like this baseball camp when I was a kid, and there was this you know one of the camp counselors there was this guy who was you know one of these dudes who played in the minors a bunch of years, had like a few at bats in the pros, but you know if you watch this guy, like this guy was like the best infielder you ever. He had like the best hands you ever saw, like the quickest hands. He like never would like uh, muff a, a ground ball. Like he was just phenomenal. He was like a phenomenal fielder, and like I said, I'm like dude, like. How did you, you know, like, how are you not like a major league player, right? Like, how did you not like have like a 10, 15 year career for a big league team? And he legit would just say, like, I couldn't hit. Like, I couldn't, I just couldn't hit at a big league level. Like, I would just get to the triple A and I just couldn't hit. And it, there's a lot of guys like that that have every tool in the book that are fast, that are good with their hands, good with their glove, you know, good baseball IQ, but they just can't hit at the MLB level. And it just ruins it. If you can't hit at the MLB level, you're screwed. And I think we're seeing that with Tyler Wade because. Yeah, I mean, he's like the Yankees want him to like to be like their utility guy so badly because he really he could just do a lot of different things, but he, he can't hit a baseball. It, it seems like yeah, I think his career average is, but dangerously close to dropping below a hundred. Um, yeah, I, his day's got to be numbered. Like I, I almost want the Yankees to trade him like this year just so maybe he could find you know find another situation, maybe find a space. But yeah, I mean, he's Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade experience might be coming to an end. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, things we. Oh yeah. Let's uh, talk. You guys want to talk about the Boone post game interview oh, after boy. the sweep? Take it away, um, Alex. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Boone saying this team is close to turning a corner. I I like. I saw that and I was just, I was speechless because he said that two nights in a row. Yeah. Like, sure he yeah. Said he said after game, after game two and yeah. after game three and like, okay, I get it. He they, they didn't, repro- they didn't reprogram the Boone bot, the Boone <laughs> robot at between games two and three. I get it. He wants to be positive, but like this team is not close to turning a corner because they're, not good enough to turn a corner. They have so many players injured and players that are underperforming right now that they're not, there's no corner for them to turn. They have to actually get back to normal right now. This team that's playing right now, they're not at even close to a hundred percent right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. This isn't what we signed up for. Exactly. When you say you're turning a corner, it means, you know, people are slowly progressively getting a little bit better and you're you're close to putting it all together. What's happening like right now how, is you have people just flat out not performing. Exactly. It's it's like how every single year Mark Deshera was playing, he would always start out, he'd have a bad April. And then every single May he would he would come out and then be the big oh, he's turning a corner. Again, this is when he, you know, turns a corner. He starts hitting again. He starts hitting more home runs. This Yankee team does not have that. They're not starting out slow. They're starting off injured. And the interview with Judge after when he 
like was shocked that Boone had said that sums that up because like there's no they're not going to turn a corner because there's nothing they can do about this. They just have to go out and battle and tread water until they get every until um, the injured players come back and until the players who are underperforming right now get back to normal. They're not starting off slow. They're just starting off bad. It's just like yeah, I think that second part is more important. It's not not even the injuries. Um, I mean, the Yankees scored enough to win. In theory, all three games. Um, the Yankees, if the bullpen the doesn't have, pitch like crap. Exactly. If the bullpen does its job, even remotely does its job, the Yankees could have won two out of three or even swept the series. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Boone is, it's funny that this conversation happens on like even a few minutes after we largely gave him a, like a little bit of credit and talked about how some of the stuff that happened in the series really wasn't his fault. Like, but I just think that it's – I mean, he's just really uninspiring the way he communicates. And a lot of times we don't need to separate that from the way he manages because a lot of the things he does as manager are, like, annoying and not great. But, like, it's – I mean, compared to, like, Girardi, right? Girardi wasn't, like, this, you know, exciting over-the-top interview either, but he seemed a lot more authentic. And Boone, I feel like when he talks to the media, just – is not able to communicate in any other way than just like generic platitudes and, you know, random, you know, just like cheap, lazy cliches. Yeah. Yeah. right. And here's the thing. I mean, it it may take like a tell all book, you know, like the, the late 2010 Yankees um, that won't come out for, for a few years. The (laughs) Girardi years. Right. Right. For, for all we know though, these players may absolutely love, that Boone kind of just gives lazy cliches in the interview and, and ha- maybe he's really good, you know, behind closed doors. We don't know that, but well, I mean, to, yeah, know, to but- us, the fan base it's aggravating hearing what him say, like nonsense, blanket templated answers that, that are just meant to, to shut up the media, but don't actually show any insight or intelligence or passion. Well, and one thing that I've noticed is that like in these interviews, he will never be like outright critical of anything they do. He'll I actually always, loved when Girardi would like get like exactly like, okay. get pissed when Girardi asked the question he'd get like frustrated with you when Girardi flat out called out Sanchez for his defense. Sanchez just went out and worked and wanted to get better. That motivated him to get better. Where I think that's one of the things that got him out the door, though. To be honest, Girardi, you know, yeah, well, yeah. that's what that's one of the things. Like the Yankees, oh, like when they hired Boone, they wanted him to be you know, more friendly with players. I can imagine that didn't um, help the relationship between Girardi and Sanchez at all. But still, like, when Girardi would just flat out say, yeah, you know what, we suck right now. Boone, right, Boone's interpretation of that is, yeah, we had a rough game, but you know what, we'll come back out tomorrow and and try and play a lot better. All right, quick question. It's not what you want, or we're close to turning a corner. Which one do you hate more? Oh, oh we're close to turning a corner. He said it twice, and it's worse already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's not what you want. It's still like mm-hmm. it was like basic and annoying, but it was definitely true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where Boone, you just see him saying "turning a corner," like okay. That was Girardi's way of like understating, you know, understating what something that was probably true and really like you know worth considering, but. Mm-hmm. Turning a corner just makes no sense. Like, you it's know, not, ridiculous. Not to turn this into a Joe Girardi tribute, but God damn, <laughs> man. Like, I just miss how – like, Girardi cared. Like, Girardi yeah. gave a shit, dude. Like, after, you know, he, he would get he, so fired up he, by He him. made the worst move, one of the worst managerial moves of all time when he took CC out of that game, too. Like, that was – a, that was a booty and move, <laughs> I like to call it. But, You're saying that was the worst move he made in game two? I mean, look, the not challenging the hit by pitch was like, I wasn't I wasn't even that mad at the moment, but look, yeah, he had a terribly managed game two overall, right? Yeah. And I mean, after that, like you know, the press conference after, like he, you know, he, the dude was like in tears. Yeah, like he was legitimately she, crying. Like that's a dude that cared so much. Yeah, and like when he would go out and you know basically just get ejected like seven or eight times a year, like that that's a dude that cared. The other night when boot like when Judge was just getting shafted. On two strike calls, like how are you not thrown out of that game, man? Yeah. Like how are yeah. you not in the umpire's face making a scene for your guy? Because that's sticking up for your guy. 
He did that like, like twice like, last year. Like you guys yeah. see when uh, what's the guy's name? The Culpa and you know the Astros yeah. that incident. Like AJ Hinch, I was like, you know what, Hinch, good for you, man. You're sticking up for your guy. You're saying, yeah, no, exactly. you don't look at my guy. He got like, tossed in a spring training game for one of these yeah. guys. Yeah, like you, you the first pitch. It's like <laughs> no, you don't look over here. Like I mean, it's just like I said to myself, if that was Boone, Boone would probably pull up the seat for Culpa and let him sit down in front of the dugout and to get a better look at the guy. I mean, just yeah, it's just really like. You, there's an old cliche that, you know, a team takes on the personality of its manager. And I, I really hope that's not true. Cause if it does, yeah. then the Yankees are going to be a soft team, man. They're going to be really it just, soft. It seems like they have no personality. Like in 20, 20, well, they, well, they could be fair. They have no, like when you have 11 guys injured, it's tough to have a personality. You know? No, I know I'm saying like for <laughs> even for last year too, it's like they hit a lot of home runs, but like Boone would just take the air out of everything. You know, he just, he got, like you said, he got tossed maybe once or twice last year, and there were so many times where you wanted him to just get fired up about something and fire the team up, and then they just go quietly. When he got tossed, though, it was pretty. You know, he like pretended to be the catcher. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The thing, the thing about Boone that like, um, like a lot of people were quick to compare him to be like, oh, Alex Cora was a first year manager, and he was great at it. Like Alex Cora had coaching experience and Boone literally just came right down out of the booth and just like apparently aced the interview. And that was that, like, I just, I mean, they talk about like you get to the big leagues and anything like, you know, and you have to adjust to the speed of the game and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if a few years, like if a few years from now he's still doing the same shit and he still has the same, just like blahs, like, you know, like. You think Aaron Boone's going to be our manager a few years from now? That's bold. I mean, yeah. Well, a few days from now, your uh, boon. <laughs> I mean, it could be for the Yankees or for anyone, right? If he's a manager a couple of years from now, he still has the same. If like, he gets fired uh, from the Yankees, he's not going to get immediately hired somewhere else. Oh, I God. promise you that. I mean, his local. Oh, yeah, I mean, Joe Girardi hasn't gotten hired somewhere else. Joe Girardi took a team of nobodies. Well, not nobodies, but a team that no one had any faith in one game, in theory, like 12 outs from the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, just saying, like, if he still has the same, like, bland and general, like, tone about him a couple of years from now, then it's not, it's not, it wouldn't be a case of, like, you know, oh, he's, you know, still learning the game. It would be a case of, like, yeah, they just hired a terrible manager. Like, he could have all the experience in the world. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Aaron Boone, just. I don't even know what to say. I mean, really, and like this is after the three games. I really didn't have a problem with any no, managerial like, moves. And Alex, I, I think you like you were saying like you know oh, why is Tarpley in here, and in, in the uh, that game too. But, yeah, it's in the moment I was yeah, angry just because yeah. I'm like, oh my god, why is he bringing mm-hmm. Tarpley? But then I'm, then I thought about it. I'm like yeah, okay, well he doesn't really have anything else. It's and not it was, a bad it was move. the fourth like, inning too. You know, exactly. it's like it's, re- it's like you're really gonna go to like you know Hanley Holder Green like in the fourth inning make these guys throw five six plus innings like exactly. You know? like, I have no faith in Tarpley at all because he just has really not looked good this year. But what else was he supposed to do there? Mm-hmm. He was really playing shorthanded this whole series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, like honestly, to like wrap up like our takeaways about this team, the first twelve games. I mean. Really, just they just don't look like a well-coached team. No. Like the approach to play, sloppy play in the field, just dumb baseball plays. Uh, just not a well-coached team. If they you know. played the game well, they would not be five and seven right now. Like if they just looked like they knew how to execute any fundamentals, they could be, you know, they could be six and six. They could be seven and five right now. They they'd have a better record. Yep. Um, well, you know, Alex, they don't have a better record. They're five and seven, and they're bad, and they're going to miss the playoffs. Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> so cancel the season now. Can't. Yeah, might as well cancel the season. April You're ready 11th. for twenty twenty, guys. April eleventh, season over. Um, all right, guys, you want to preview this White Sox series? Oh, cool. let's do it. Well, good news: the White Sox are not good. Bad news. <laughs> The Yankees don't play good against teams that aren't good, so double edged sword there. Um, I mean, they also didn't play again, play yeah, well yeah. against teams that are good. Well, you know, Alex, exit the hangout. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah, the White Sox are uh, three and eight to start the year. Um, they have the worst bolt ERA in baseball at a six nine four. So 
that means they'll probably only allow 10 runs over the next three games against the Yankees. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, cra- crazy thing about the White Sox, Tim Anderson, who a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. I mean, he's 19 for 37 this year. He's hitting 514. I mean, just that, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. decent. I mean, I, I saw nuts. he was leading the team in average at 514. Oh my god, you know, he's probably had like 10 at bats, right? What? And it just says 40, uh, they're 37 at bats. And yeah, I mean, that's a decent start to the year. Uh, credit to him. But yeah, I mean, look, the, the White Sox really just aren't a good team. They're probably right, right down there with probably the Royals, like the worst teams in the AL. Um, the pitching matchups Lucas Giolato for the White Sox on Friday against Jay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Um, did I say that name wrong? Uh, my, my yeah, you did not say it right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really not off too familiar with the White Sox starting rotation, so that's my bad. Lucas Giolito, the former top prospect of the Washington Nationals, that guy. Yeah, um, I I don't give a fuck about him. Um, <laughs> he'll be up against Jay Happ, and then Saturday we got former Yankee great Ivan Nova against. Hell, look, it, is that – are my eyes – it's CeCe. CeCe hey. Sabathia makes his season debut Saturday afternoon. Wait, he makes his C season debut? Andrew, you're getting on my wits end, okay? Um, <laughs> oh, man. First sign of the cavalry. That might have been the worst joke I've ever heard. Um, and then we got – CeCe's first, his first uh, start of his last season. Yeah, yeah, the, the season finale for CeCe. Um, or, good to see him back. Like I said in the, the other po- last pod, I, I need those five-inning, one-run performances of CeCe. But now we might need the eight-inning, one-run performances with this, the way this bullpen is pitching. So, you know, CeCe, rev it up. Be ready to throw 150 pitches, CeCe. <laughs> first first started after having heart surgery, 150 pitches. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, it's like, C- like CeCe's just like uh, – it's hey, like, we give you a one-year deal to just die on the cross did you see Zach Britton and Chad Green in that last series you're going out there bud until you collapse like, that's it straight from CC to Chapman for a four-inning save yep yep yeah, I mean Chapman for four yeah. there's like no one you can rely on in the bullpen right now except for Ottawa. hey Hey, Louis. Hey, Louis hey. says it's been very. Good. <laughs> still, has the lowest DRA other than Adam Adovino. Yeah, they both they're both at one point two nine. Um, but I look, man. Like I know he's pitched well. I still don't trust Louis Sessa. You I don't know? think anyone. Does. Yeah, like it's, hey, I, I trust Louis Sessa. Get on board, man. Adam Adovino. Andrew, I'm gonna and play Louis that. Sessa. I'm gonna play that in his when his next appearance. He gives up. Like, he gives like up seven spots. runs. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and then Carlos Rodon versus Domingo Herman on Sunday. Herman, guys, the Mariners lead the league in home runs and wins. Anything can happen in 2019. Very random stat by Andrew. Okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, the, the the White Sox series. Uh, so are the Yankees? Are, are we gonna are we gonna win it? Are we gonna sweep? Are we gonna lose, get swept? Who who knows? The 2019 Yankees. So, first off, I'm really angry that Reynaldo Lopez is not pitching in this series because so far this year, he's pitched 13 and third innings, giving up 18 runs and six home runs. Didn't he pitch like eight shutout innings against us last year? That's irrelevant. Just let me have my (laughs) own sadness here. Chill out, Andrew. A lot of guys shut us out last year. Yeah. Oh, he's also he also has twelve walks and thirteen and a third, <laughs> and twenty two hits given up. Oh my god, seems good. He has given up thirty four base runners in thirteen and a third innings. That's good. Why are you get my hopes up? We're not facing him. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Okay, <laughs> it's all we have. <laughs> exactly. What's the matchup for the third game? Um, Ramon versus Ramon. That. That's a good matchup, I think. If the White yeah. Sox are, are free swinging in that game, Herman might like rack up a, a ten spot in case. Mm. Friday doesn't, you know. Friday has half control. This is true. Five innings, ten Ks, eight walks. Well, the thing is, the White Sox hit. strike out a lot. They have yeah. six batters right now have double digit strikeouts. Alex has all the stats tonight. 
Yeah, man. I mean, he's probably just on the White Sox stat page. Uh, I am totally hit. not on the at bat app. Get the White Sox stat page right now. <laughs> no, nah, dude. I, Alex just knows all these White Sox stats. Just I have everything memorized. Just like how I didn't even know the pronunciation of the first pitcher for the White Sox this series, you know? Gio Lido, yeah. Yeah, Gio Gelato. Johnny, G- Johnny Gelato. Johnny G- <laughs> Lucas Gelato. <laughs> oh, man. Like, you, like with this, the way this Yankee season's gone, I think that might be the very last thing on my mind is the pronunciation of a White Sox starting pitcher. Oh, I think it should be the first thing on your mind, honestly. I mean, it's definitely better than having to watch the Yankees. I'll tell you that. Um, guys, let me get a hot take for this series. I want your hottest take. It could be that uh, Aaron Boone just uh, puts <laughs> Aaron Boone puts Luis Sessa in for like a five five inning save. It could be Brett Gardner is now the cleanup hitter. It could be Tyler Wade hits eight home runs this year. Well, what do you got for me? All right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two different ones. Okay. Oh, man. My first one, two hot takes. Oh my two God. hot takes here. Okay. My, my first laptop one, might overheat. Hold on. <laughs> okay. First one's not going to be as hot. I'm going to say in CeCe's debut, he goes seven innings, one run allowed. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, wow. And my second one, I'm going to say Judge hits five home runs this series. Whew. Scorching well, hot takes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Gonna, I don't disappoint. No one say a hot take for the next two minutes. My laptop's giving me a notification right now. <laughs> Yo, you asked, give, give me your hottest takes on our BBB account, and someone just tweeted. Oh, no, I love doing that. <laughs> someone said, like, pack it in. We'll get them next year. <laughs> yeah, after when I tweet games and there's, like, a bad loss, I do that almost every time. I'm like, all right, give me your hottest take. Like, I, I just want to see these people freak out. Because there's, <laughs> like, 90% of people are just, like, well, this team sucks. I don't even know why I watch them. Back at it tomorrow night. Like, I, I remember one guy basically was saying, like, yeah, I'm done watching this team. And then three days later, he was in my mention, in BBB's mentions again during the game. And I'm just like, yep, he's back. Like, back for more. All right, Andrew, what's your hot take? I, Andrew, Andrew's the king of hot takes. You, you should have a good one. Andrew said the team might not might lose <laughs> 90 games. So you can't get much hotter than yeah, that. I'm writing all these down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how the injuries play out, then we'll talk. Um, he might actually be right. I know. Jesus Christ, that'd be the worst thing ever. Um, scorching hot take, come starting off strong. Tyler Wade will hit a home run this series. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's, that's a hotter take than my judge five home run. That's a scorching wasted take. <laughs> <laughs> Until he goes deep in his first at bat. <laughs> no, um, and the other take, my other take is that Zach Britton will refine. Um, Free find is that even a word? We'll it we'll find his, his his former self, and he'll he'll return to form and, and just be lights out. I I think he's probably gonna pitch twice in the series, and he'll just be lights out. I feel like the more hot takes we say, like the all more thing are these things that aren't gonna happen. So let, let's just chill out, you know. All right, G, give me the all right, hottest. So, so G say we're gonna get swept. If he said all of our hot <laughs> takes aren't gonna happen, say we're gonna get swept. All right, G, give me your hottest take in the book. Uh. I mean, I feel like it's comparatively pretty weak because those were some pretty good takes. But I, you're I'm really not, building this up. Yeah, no, it's really not. Now, my 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 take is that Greg Bird is going to be the offensive MVP of the series. <laughs> oh wow! Woo-hoo-hoo. Now we got a pod. You mean the you mean the offensive as he's going to offend all of us with his at bats and his fielding? I mean, Greg Bird, offensive player of the week. I mean, I know. Look, it could happen. The weekend, of the series, you please tweet out all these hot takes after. Like, I'm writing it down. He's been having the good at bats. We acknowledge that, and I think he's finally going to get a couple hits. You know, some nice hits, driving a couple runs. That that whole business. You know, he hit a home run off Andrew Miller one time. Guys, he was really good in 2015, four years ago. He was really good in 1985 when he did that one thing. He was really good. He did that one thing. Yeah. Um, my hey, hot take. Right there. My hot take. And this might be the hottest take of all. The Yankees are going to get a sweep, and their bullpen's not going to give up a run all series. Wow. They said it. They're going to get three good starts. They're going to get like five innings each from Hap, Herman, and Cece, and their bullpen's going to shut it down because that's what they're supposed to do, right? And that's what we expect. 
and you know, speak it, believe it, receive it. Right? That's that's how I'm looking at it. Speaking so, it into existence. I'm speak. I'm putting it out there, and it's gonna happen. So, yeah. Um, anything else we want to uh, wrap up the show with? Any happy thoughts? Any uh, miserable thoughts? DJ LeMay is batting over 400. So yep, DJ LeMay. Shout out, shout out to DJ LeMay. That probably the best offseason move the Yanks made getting him and, you know, coming from someone that wasn't all that happy when we got him. Cause that mean we, that meant we were pretty much out on Machado, but you know, DJ has been really good. Like he, there's a guy who like, we need more guys like DJ, right? Just like guys who are just really good all around baseball players. The A's need more guys that can just hit the ball and not swing mm. out of their shoes. Yep. It's just like, hey, let me just get hits and like move runners over and you know, do the do the job that I'm supposed to do instead of saying, huh, dinger time every time. <laughs> <laughs> like I dude, like I literally think you know those YouTube videos of all the guys, you know, like those like fictional baseball coaches who are just like, yeah, hit dingers. Like I literally think like, that's just what the Yankees are thinking. Like that's the guys what Marcus, like, Tim, Marcus Tim's has a meeting. Here's my forever. Hit dingers. Good meeting. <laughs> like I swear to God, dude. Like, launch <laughs> angle. There you go. <laughs> you know, Vo- you know, Voice is like, launch angle. There we go. Voice just like the stereotypical gym rat, just like at the gym thinking about hitting dingers, just like <laughs> you know, long ball, long ball. Like I swear to God, man, uh, it's, it's not even funny. <laughs> We're laughing so we don't cry. <laughs> God, man, that sums you know, up like, this. Mark before show up to the Yankees in um, like 2009 was like a 300 hitter, and then came up with a massive uppercut in the swing, and two two years later he was batting 240. So, well, why do you have to make us so sad about that now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. I have a good thing, though. Yeah. Potentially a good thing. So even though he got absolutely ruined in his first start, Gio Gonzalez pitched. I know. Gio Gonzalez pitched six shutout innings with 10 strikeouts in AAA the other day. Yeah, speaking of good starts, we didn't talk enough about this because we were so miserable. Shout out to Tanaka. Tanaka's been awesome this year. Tanaka's been fantastic. Three great starts. He was, you know. And he got yanked innings. with like 73 pitches. So it was 78, and I really didn't have that much of a problem with it because, you know, that sixth inning, he, I think the first two runners got on. I think it was a hit and a walk, and, you know, he fought out of it. But you could tell he, like, I think he even said after the game that he, quote unquote, like emptied his tank. So, yeah, no, he said he, said he, improved, he agreed with Boone. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and his fourth time through the order, hitters are hitting over 300 against him. So it's definitely the right move. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that shows how dominant he was that he. Mm-hmm. Got through six innings on under eighty pitches. You know it's interesting though. Like they show, I think the yes showed his batting batting average against him. Like first time through the order, second time, and third time, and it was all like pretty similar. It was all between like two twenty and two forty. So that was pretty impressive by Tanaka. You know, guys really don't start ripping them the third time around like they do. You know, most hitters do most pitchers in this league. But yeah, you know Tanaka, he, he's been awesome. He's like especially with Sevy being out for you know as long as he's going to be out for. Like, he needs to be our ace and. For three starts, he's been that only, only one home run. That one home run did travel uh, 800 feet, but you know, only one home run through three starts. Not hey, bad. I think only he's only walked like two or three guys. What's up, Alex? Well, he said it's only one home run. It's okay. Yeah, it's only one home run. I mean, that he's he's basically been at like a home run per start over the last few years. So if he's under that this year, it's definitely definitely good things, right? Um, but yeah, anything else, anything else we want to finish with, um, man, I I just, I want to have fun watching baseball again. Like I I want to look forward to watching the Yankees and like, I get, you know, I understand with the injuries, but the sloppy play isn't, you know, isn't cause guys are on the IL, right? Like these guys should still be playing clean games like that. These just weren't clean games. These past three day games, very sloppy, very just very bad baseball to watch that plague bird made it first where, you know, he like didn't even step on first, try to throw home bobble. I mean, just, just bad baseball, bad baseball. doesn't look like a well-coached team right now, but Hey, you know, the next, next two weekends, the Yankees will play the white Sox and then they play the Royals, two, you know, two games against the Red Sox who I know they're the defending champs and I know they'll probably get up to play us, but they're really bad right now too. They're worse than yeah. us and they're healthy. So that's real. Like I, I, it's so hard because, like you know, a lot of Yankee fans are already sick of like people like me saying like, "Hey, you know, well, we're not healthy." But I'm mean, really Sox are losing six to five in the bottom of the ninth right now. 
Yeah, I just saw that. But yeah, it's like if we if we had like if Stanton, Hicks, DD, Sevy, the Tans, if all these guys were healthy and we were st- you know we were still five and seven and looking like this, then I'd be worried. But look, this team was nine and nine last year, and they still ended up winning a hundred games. But not I think you have to think bigger picture though. Like, no, like I, how no, long no, can I was you about, afford to? Mm-hmm, no, I was about to say like you want to get off to a good start because you know starting off nine and nine last year kind of cost us the division because the Red Sox just got off to that blazing start last year and we were kind of just yeah you know, but five even so then the, then clear. then then we heated up and then there was it was middle of uh it was either the first week or the second week of May that we were tied with them. So yeah mm-hmm. well they went 17 and two and then the Yankees went 17 and one. Right. 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 So we, we we caught up them really what made the difference was our inability to put away shit teams. Yeah. Hmm. yeah at least we're not having that problem this year. Losing oh, yeah. seven games to the Orioles. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> oh man! Yeah, the na- the name of this pod should literally be "We're Laughing Because We're Trying Not to Cry." <laughs> oh man! Well, I think that'll about just about wrap it up for tonight. Um, for Luigi, for G, for Andrew, for Alex, this is the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. We'll see you guys. We'll record again Sunday nights. Be out Monday. Hopefully, we have a nice series victory to talk about. Until then, 